welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. In the bullpen, my debate segment, I have Jason Reed, UK lead for Young Voices. We're talking about government regulation as it relates to consumerism, okay? And breaking down news of the day, the contributor today is attorney at law, Dina Dahl, law and crime legal analyst and a remarkable person. Top news story of the day, US Marshal and police charged with murder. Yep, a murder that took place in 2016 has finally, finally seen some semblance of justice. Let me take you to Atlanta, Georgia. Now I was deeply involved in this case from day one. I've stood with the family, I've had rallies, protests. We've talked about it on my various platforms leading up to this moment. Let me put up a picture of the young man they killed. This is Jamarian Robinson. A grand jury on Tuesday returned an eight count indictment against two law enforcement officers in connection with the 2016 killing of a man shot. How many times? 76, 76 times they shot at him about 100, 76 times, okay? Jamarion had no weapon, he had no gun on him. He was shot 76 times. This was during an attempted fugitive arrest in Atlanta metropolitan area. Okay, Eric Hines, let me start here. Eric Hines, who is an assistant chief inspector with the US Marshals Southeast Regional Fugitive Task Force and Christopher Hutchins, a Clayton County police officer that's in the metropolitan area of Atlanta. They were working on the task force together. They were formally charged with felony murder aggravated assault, burglary, making false statements and violation of oath by a public officer, according to the news outlet. Now, those are two cops involved. You have a federal agent, a US Marshal, and you have a police officer local. There's a third officer involved who should be charged, but he's dead, he died. And the truth is, the one who has already expired is the one who was the most egregious. He shot the most times. It gets deeper. Let me put up a picture of the Marshall director. His name is Ronald L. Davis. Obviously, this guy was appointed by Joe Biden. This is a new administration. The reason why I want you to remember him is because he will be responsible for changing the policy of the US Marshals. It is now at his door. There's a local policy for most police agencies in metropolitan Atlanta to wear a body camera. No body camera was involved in this, you know why? Because it's against federal policy to wear the body camera. So local police officers who would normally have on a body camera if they are part of a federal task force, as in this case, the task force was led by the US Marshals. They abide by the US Marshals policy, no cameras, none. After all of these bullets flying to an apartment, 
killing an unarmed black male for a fugitive warrant. According to the narrative, somebody went inside while he was dead and put two more bullets inside of his body while standing on top of him. That's according to the forensics. This is egregious. This happened in 2016. It is finally getting indicted now, okay? Let me give you some more background to this. A medical examiner's report said Jamarian Robinson, who was 26 years of age, was shot 76 times by police on August 5th, 2016. When officers tried to enter his apartment, law enforcement believed Robinson was the man responsible for pointing a gun at Atlanta officers and fleeing according to authorities. Now this is why it's important for you to understand this. They thought he may have pointed a gun at a cop. So they went in, guns blazing. How dare you point a gun at another officer, right? That's the idea, that's the sentiment, that's the attitude they had. We'll show you about pointing a gun at a cop. Let's be very clear, he's innocent of that crime. You know why he's innocent of that crime? Because you're innocent until proven guilty in the United States of America. He was innocent, they killed. An innocent man. It gets deeper. It was not immediately known if Hines or Hutchins, uh, Hutchinson had lawyers who could comment on their behalf. Attorney Gerald Griggs, um, who was actually close to the family, uh, could comment on their behalf. Attorney Gerald Griggs, who was close with the Robinson family, said, the family celebrated the decision, which they've been waiting for, uh, waiting on for five years. A US Marshal Service spokesman has said officers were attempting to serve warrants on Robinson uh, issued by Atlanta police and Gwinnett County police in the Atlanta suburbs. A private detective hired Robinson's mother, uh, hired by Robinson's mother, uncovered evidence of gunshots fired straight into the ground where her son's body was lying. Robinson had been a college football player at Clark Atlanta University, my alumna, and Tuskegee University, and had no criminal convictions. How did this get to the place of indictment? How did it happen? How did it happen? The former DA, his name was Paul Howard. Paul Howard said the federal government refused to hand over important information that they needed to proceed with a grand jury indictment. He was telling the truth because he eventually sued the federal government because they refused to hand over that information. He lost his reelection bid to Fonnie Willis. Let's put up the new DA. Fonnie Willis is the new district attorney of Fulton County. When she was running, her campaign said, hey, we are going to do something about this swiftly. A former Fulton County DA Paul Howard said the investigation into the case was blocked by the officers, okay? Refusal to cooperate and the absence of a body camera. But when Howard lost his position to Fonnie Willis, the new prosecutor promised swift action. And that is exactly what happened here. Now, I already know some of you, when we post this on social media and other places, you will say, well, why was he pointing the gun at the police? You know, the reality is, he wasn't. There's no evidence, there's no trial, there's no due process. There's no jury to, jury to convict because there's no person living. And in the United States, you are innocent until proven guilty. To all of you who believe in the Constitution and you uphold the due process clause 
Understand that due process was taken away from this young man. It is simply an accusation of what they believed. They believed this is what he did. Attorney, 70 some bullets, some reports will say 59. Um, Some reports will say 72. The reason why there's a discrepancy is because there were so many bullets that some ricocheted inside of his body and inside of that apartment. That's why the numbers have variables to them. Uh, But what are your thoughts here? Clearly excessive force. But what is so important in this case is the type of indictments coming down on these officers. It really shows the progress and the willingness DA has to indict officers. Because you know, in George Floyd's case, Derek Chauvin, his highest charge that he had was a second degree unintentional murder charge. Here they're charging felony murder. That is a first degree charge that could result in a life sentence for these officers. I would say that's almost unprecedented to charge felony murder against an officer in this case. Because it requires the DA to show that the officers were committing a felony when he died. So they're gonna be arguing the burglary that they entered the building in order to commit a crime and doing that When there is a death, it's automatically a felony murder. I haven't seen a charge like this against police officers. It's definitely creative. It's definitely gonna have more sentencing against the officers. And if it does result in a conviction, it can be an example of how these types of incidences are charged in the future. Yeah, and really, I mean, it's almost unheard of for a federal officer, for a federal agent to be charged with a local murder in the execution of his or her duties. This is rare, but this is called you're not above the law. That's what this is called. Okay, we got another story. This is out of New Jersey. I don't know why this New Jersey teacher decided to do something so ridiculous. A New Jersey teaching assistant was suspended by the Ridgefield School District after an alleged incident last week in which a Muslim American student claimed he was called a terrorist after asking a question during a math class, okay? This was really insensitive. Highly racist, extremely bigoted, and very ignorant of this teaching assistant. The school district did not describe what took place, but said that the staff member is suspended while it conducts a full investigation into the matter. Do we have a screenshot of the young man? Okay, that's him, Muhammad Zubi. Muhammad, who's a senior at Ridgefield Memorial High School, said the class was working on a project last Wednesday when he raised his hand to ask if students could have more time to finish the assignment. When the assistant teacher allegedly responded saying, we don't negotiate with terrorists. The hell? I'm looking around at a loss for words, according to the student, completely shocked. He said the entire class heard the exchange 
And he asked the girl behind him to make sure that's what the assistant teacher said. And she confirmed, she heard the same thing. This young man is 17 years of age, said the assistant teacher came up to him a few minutes later, patted him on the back and said, he didn't mean it like that. In my head, I'm just like, what other way could he have meant that? <laughs> you see, this right here, this is implicit bias. It may not be hyper aggressive racism. I would give the teacher that. It could be. Don't take it off the table. But it is definitely, definitely at least implicit bias. Where you say something extremely racist and bigoted and you expect people to laugh. You expect the person that you're victimizing in that moment to laugh with you. Because you have not considered what it would mean to the other person because of the privilege that you live in. That's how it starts, okay? He did not actively check himself. The school district, Ridgeville District, released a statement Sunday saying that the district has absolutely no tolerance for any sort of discrimination against any student or staff member. The young man did not return to school for nearly a week after that, just now started going back to school. And listen, in the education moment, anytime you are utilizing pedagogy, your teaching style to reach, to bring out the best student, the worst way to do that is to make them feel alienated in the moment of teaching. And that's what happened here. Um, attorney, what are your thoughts? This hits close to home. I'm an Arab American and this type of discrimination has been going on long before 9-11. My father, when he immigrated to this country, faced it and his community faced it so much that he started an Arab American council in New York in the 70s in order to educate people. It has only gotten worse, unfortunately. And it's so sad that this was a teacher that did it because this teacher is in charge of developing this student's education, his interests. And instead, he made that student feel less than. Yeah. And there is something really wrong with this country when we say that's okay. And of course, as we've talked about, when our former president was willing to make black and brown people feel less than, it emboldened a lot of other people to do the same. That's right, very well said. Uh, let me Let me do this. This is what I call a POS alert, a piece of you know what. Um, you remember our dear brother Eric Gardner who was killed, remember that? Remember he told the cops, I can't breathe, remember that? If you don't remember, let me remind you, here it is. The video was seen by millions, Garner being arrested for illegally selling cigarettes last July. Forced to the ground, repeatedly telling police he couldn't breathe. Moments later, the 43-year-old father of six was dead. The medical examiner ruled it a homicide, caused in part by neck compression or what the report calls a chokehold. Yeah, they murdered him right down the street. You saw it, everybody saw it, millions saw it. The man said, I can't breathe. Uh, NYPD officer Justin D'Amico testified in a judicial inquiry into his handling of that arrest. And he says, under oath, he did not hear Eric Garner say the phrase, I can't breathe even one time. He's saying, "Oh, I never heard it, not even one time. It, it, it never registered to me that he said, I can't breathe. 
despite the full video. Let's put up a picture of this officer, let's make him famous. Okay, that's Justin D'Amico. D'Amico was also questioned about an erroneous charge of felonious tax avoidance. A lot of people forget they actually charged him with this. A beat cop charged him with tax avoidance applied to Garner after he died. After he died, ladies and gentlemen, the officer testified he, and I quote, may have rushed the paperwork a bit. Oh, That's the reason, I, I just rushed the paperwork a bit in accusing Garner. Known to be a salesman of loose cigarettes, of a felony that is usually applied to people in possession of at least 10,000 cigarettes, 22,000 cigars, or more than 400 pounds of tobacco. The charge did not fit. He then says, but that was a total mistake. Due to the circumstances, I wasn't thinking clearly. That's right, D'Amico, you're the victim. I mean, you just killed a man. I mean, what do you expect him to think? He just committed murder in front of people in the city. He can't think clearly right now. He should have a pass, judge. Um, he admitted that he made other mistakes in writing down the police officers and uh, writing that police officers had used no physical force to arrest Gardner. The victim's mother, Grant Carr, uh, condemned the proceedings of the judicial hearing as nothing more than a pack of lies. Why in the hell is he able to get away with this? Why? Because there's a system and a culture that protects him. This makes no sense. This is still the United States of America where we have opportunity to expose this kind of corruption. Uh, attorney, I mean, you see this, he's lying on police reports. He's lying to the judge under oath. Why is this guy not charged with something additional? We need some more charges here. You keep hearing him say, I made a mistake. And the reason why he's doing that is falsifying a police report requires intent. And he's trying to say he didn't intend to do it, it was, and it was a mistake. And he certainly got more of a benefit of a doubt than I think if you or I had done something similar. Because like you said, that charge was kind of outrageous. He would have needed thousands of cigarettes and I think he only had four packs. But he did receive that benefit of doubt and, and that's what the problem is. And once again, the policy issue is this, the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act would mandate a federal registry to report cops like him and others who act in such an egregious way so that the public can review who is working for them. If the cops know your background, damn it, you should know theirs. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Yep, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, let me remind everyone, we got good stuff coming up. Um, we got Senator Nina Turner tomorrow, all right? Thursdays, right here on Indisputable. Make sure to subscribe to our channel, youtube.com forward slash Indisputable TYT. Um, I think we got over 230,000 subscribers already. Uh, it is hot, 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 okay? Thank you all in advance for that. Um, also, let me say this about TYT. This is not simply a place to be a reflection of the news. We push policy, we push 
narratives so that this world is a better place. We have those discussions, we have difficult conversations. And we also take a stance contrary to corporate interest because the heart of a nation is truly determined by the people that make it great, not the top 1%, okay? TYT is celebrating 20 years. The 20th year anniversary is coming up, okay? I want everyone to take time to do this. Go to tyt.com forward slash impacts. That's with an S, tyt.com forward slash impacts and see what TYT with your help has been able to do. And remember, you, you are the Young Turks, <laughs> okay? That's you, you make this happen. And young doesn't mean age-wise, we're talking about the, the, the rigor inside of you, the willingness, the energy, the power, the impact, okay? We wake up every day with the spirit of a rookie. That's how you gotta live every day, okay? Um, some of TYT's impact includes a petition for the $15 minimum wage, giving a platform to progressive leaders like AOC, Jamal Bowman, Cory Bush, progressive economic pledge, uh, and more. So make sure you go to the site now. And the Twitchuation room, don't forget, uh, join Francesca, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, right after Indisputable today, twitch.tv forward slash TYT. That's a Twitch exclusive. All right, TYT members, Eric the Red, all this shooting, I was about to say it's like in a war zone. But even armies will tend to fire with more discretion in an area with civilians. That's right, you're absolutely correct. Imagine the sound of really a hundred bullets, okay, in a neighborhood because of one unarmed person in an apartment. Miggy see the Silver Hair Dragon, the hate. Racism has always been here, but people mostly kept it under wraps. Just think of all the ways teachers implicitly projected hate over the decades and because it wasn't overt, they weren't outed. Now that Trump has given permission for the haters to come out of hiding and attack those they hate, both verbally and physically, people are out and proud of it. Make a good point. Chipper Nightshade says, it's hard to hear your victims pleas for help when you've got your racism blinders and earplugs in. Yeah, YouTube super chat. Forbesilla says, I'm waiting for the doctor to start the show by saying something silly like, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I like that. Um, sort snog, Mr. Stay at home dragon. Um, how do you shoot a man 76 times? Gucci man. So what made them stop at 76 shots? Yeah. Uh, Devil Dog Dragon, what did they shoot him with, a machine gun? You would have to reload multiple times if they use handguns. And they did reload, they did. Uh, Sue R says, wow, what's going on with these teachers right now? Yep, all right, let's go to Twitch. Alaskan, Alaskan, Alaskan Snow Dragon 2021. I don't know if you're a dog person, Dr. Richard, but I'd appreciate a shout out for my girl Josie. She's at the vet with some intestinal problems that we don't have a cause for yet and we're worried. Um, I just gave you a shout out. I really hope uh, things get better for Josie. I know I know Josie uh, is family to you, okay? All right, you know, what if you were so attractive 
And so just, I mean, that when you go in public places, people hate on you just publicly because of your attractiveness. Uh, here we go. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You're a big fat slob and you're touching me unnecessarily. You know what? You're touching me. You're the one that sat your fat, sloppy body down. Wow, I mean, it was not a joke. Okay, here's something I saw in this video. Obviously, the Karenicity runs deep. I don't know what she was looking at on the card, like she was getting instructions from a blank card, I don't know. In this, she is claiming that somebody's touching her. Did you see how crowded that location was? Everybody is touching everybody. I found this interesting, create some levity. Okay, we got it up. All right, is it gonna go to the to the other, okay, um, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, Dina Dahl, what are your thoughts here? She starts out commenting on somebody else's looks, right, in a horrible way, and then talks about her own looks at the end, and somebody needs to tell her that beauty comes from within. Yes. Kindness is beautiful, humility is beautiful, graciousness is beautiful. And that clip, somebody laughing, you know, that you were saying the older woman, she was more beautiful in her laughter than this woman could ever be with her hateful comments. Yeah, she really was off the off the meter. Back in the day, we would say she's off the meat rack. But I thought it was quite interesting how everybody laughed. Like that was not one of those. <laughs> that was a real from the belly. This is some funny stuff you're saying right now. Laugh, right? So she was able to provide not only disrespect but also entertainment at the same time. That is a rarity that can only be pulled off by Karens of the world. All right, uh, let me show you another uh, Karen, this judge, and also a killer, okay? Uh, there's a judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case who has now made a decision that the victims um, cannot be referred to as victims. Now, I'm so glad I have the attorney here to talk about this. So a Wisconsin judge has ruled uh, that Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team, they can call the men he shot rioters, looters, or arsonists, but not victims. Now this seems very prejudicial. It seems not to rise to the level of what's called probative benefit. 
for the case. And I could be wrong, that's why we have an attorney in the house. Uh, let's put up a picture of the killer. That's Rittenhouse, okay, teenage killer walking around, loaded gun. Police let him walk right by because he said, hey guys, I'm here for y'all. He had this weapon illegally, he crossed state lines illegally, and he committed illegal acts including murder, okay? Uh, he was charged with fatally shooting two men and injuring a third amid protests uh, in August of 2020 after the shooting of Jacob Blake. Rittenhouse has pleaded not guilty and claimed self-defense, saying he opened fire uh, on the men because they were chasing him. Let me put up a picture of the judge. This is Bruce E. Schroeder. That should judge who entered this decree, made the ruling, okay? Um, Kenosha County Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder issued the ruling after prosecutors had argued that Rittenhouse's lawyers should be banned from using terms to describe uh, Rosenbaum. Uh, Huber and Grosskratz, uh, the victims. Um, and this was really interesting because these types of motions happen all the time. This is not a new kind of motion for a lawyer, uh, but this seems quite extreme. Assistant DA Thomas uh, Binger had argued in a recent motion uh, that Rittenhouse's lawyer should be banned from using the terms, since prosecutors will be banned from referring to the dead or injured men as victims. Um, but Schroeder, the judge, disagreed, disagreed, saying the two scenarios were not the same. It's common for judges across the country to ban the word victim during trials because it implies that a crime was committed and could therefore prejudice a jury against the defendant, uh, which is true. Many judges have said, okay, you can't say it like that. But then this guy goes back and says, but you can call them arsonists. You can call them that. Uh, this is really extreme here, attorney. Uh, you give us your legal analysis on it. I agreed with the prosecution's argument. It did seem like a double standard to me. The judge said if they could put forth evidence of arsonists and they could say it. Well, I think in the same respect, if they put forth evidence that he was a victim, they could should have been able to say that too. But you know what? Be careful what you wish for, because the fact is, is there is not a lot of evidence that they're arsonists or looters. In fact, this one survivor of the shooter was never charged with those crimes. And so, if the defense attorney plans on putting forth evidence, it's going to be weak, and the prosecution will be able to poke holes through that. And you really don't want to blame the victim, and that seems seems like what the defense attorney is going to try to do with using those names, which could really turn off a jury. So the prosecution seems smart in this case. I think they could try to use this in their favor. The judge did also say that they could call Rittenhouse a cold-blooded killer. So they will be able to use terms and put forth evidence in that way. But I agree, I was disappointed in the ruling. Yeah, and the one person who survived was never charged with arson, was never charged with riotous behavior, was never charged with looting. So you're right attorney, because once you start creating those categories, typically the court would like you to have what's called a, a factual basis for the claim. Now the jury, they may also say, wait a minute, if you're gonna call them this, what's the evidence that they were? So you may, and you're right, you may, end up pissing off the jury 
by trying to demonize an individual who was truly a victim of a crime. It could completely backfire if they utilize that strategy. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back to indisputable. We got a lot of comments, let's get to it. I will read as many as I can. Colorado Blue Blazer regular says, you're not very witty, says the half wit, yep. Um, Textan says, I love how the whole train cracks up simultaneously when she talks about how attractive she is. <laughs> Beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes all the way to the bone, Karen. Um, Mickey see the silver hair dragon. The judge also banned the prosecutors from using Kyle's previous acts and his social media post. Looks like the judge wants this pure, good hearted, contributing member of society to go free. They'll paint him as the victim. Well, that is the defense, that he was a victim. Eileen Funky Cole Medina Mama Dragon, how could the judge not see the hypocrisy? Right. YouTube Super Chat, Aquarius Dragon. If I got mad every time I got touched on a bus or train, I will be dead with heart attack by now. Yeah. Uh, Gucci Man says she regretted saying that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Wondering Goddess, a judge is supposed to be unbiased, but this one appears and sounds like he is very biased here. Yeah. Um, Songs of Sovereignty, Aloha, Dr. Richie. Mahola for you and this show. I learn from you every time. Stay safe and thank you. And thank you for the heart. I heart you back. We appreciate that. Twitch. <laughs> Jax Drax says, I didn't know Marjorie Green had a sister. That would be the sister, though. I mean, seriously. Somebody <laughs> needs to do a DNA test. Um, Dr. Squeedy says, I haven't been laughed at like that since middle school. And some of them have not laughed like that since middle school. <laughs> Understand it works both ways. TYT member, uh, just be anti-racist. Uh, what do you mean? Um, I equally beat all of the people I arrest. Uh, uh, Eric the Red, this reminds me of those Republican politicians who told us about how they would like to claim to be women so they could go into women's locker rooms to stare. I remember that, I remember that. And what's crazy, Eric, is that that was a thing. That was actually a thing that cops would say. Um, cops, politicians, everybody said it. All right, Mickey see the silver hair dragon. Stabbed more than 30 times means he was enraged. Uh, he needs to be in prison for life. He's a danger to society. Yep, Colorado Blue Blazer regular Charlie Crack tried to backtrack while winking and nodding to his mob. He 100% endorses other people fighting for his benefit. Yep, what if I told you a disgraced cop, right? A disgraced Miami cop has been accused of Extreme racism has all of a sudden claimed that he is in fact a black man. I would just let you see the video. This is a captain of a police department. Here's the video. As far as Captain Carr, she loves to, you know, she loves to call me a Latin male. I'm a black male. Yes, I am. And I am non-Hispanic. I was born in this country. That's how I feel. I have a question for you. Sure. So you classify yourself today as a black male? Yes. When you applied for the police department, did you classify yourself as a black male or a white male at the time? I think I put 
white male. I don't know if, well, I know I put white male, but I don't know if I put Hispanic. No, I know, listen, I know who I am, but it's also, it's also to make. I'm sorry? You put down Hispanic male, didn't you? Okay. As a man, I stand by it. When did you have this, uh, you know, uh, coming to... uh, with God moment that uh, you were black. When did God tell you that? Well, I learned that there's people in my family that are mixed and that are black. I see. Let's just, let's not talk about the degree of blackness. Oh, no, you're blacker than me. That's obvious. And if you know anything about the one drop rule, which started in the 20th century, which, which is what identifies and defines, how you doing? What a black male is or a Negro, you would know that if you have one drop of Black in you, you are considered black. Uh, so I, you're probably I, I, black can we too, do Joe. Can we do I, a DNA? Joe, you're probably black. Nobody sent me here, nor did the city manager. I am my own man. That's right, and you're your you're, you're own black man, I know. Yes, yeah. so now I'm being attacked. Yeah. Half of my family's Jewish, probably didn't know that either. This is not an SNL skit. This is an actual captain of the Miami Police Department who has been sued by another cop because of his extreme racism. There are extreme allegations against this one officer, this one captain for being a racist piece of you know what. So to defend himself, he is now claiming that he cannot be racist because he is in fact a black man himself. I got some more video, here it is. I just want to give our viewers an idea of who this guy harassed, because although he's done these racist posts, um, he clearly uh, is not discriminatory when it comes to who he's harassed. Um, These are just some of the people uh, who have complained about him. A teacher, uh, a college student, bar patrons, motorists, a maintenance worker installing electrical lines, a drone operator, um, a woman who claimed she was flung down an escalator outside a bar, uh, a man lost uh, his nerves from having handcuffs tightly. He reportedly um, had a, another man had his eye socket cracked in a beatdown that Ortiz did. So I ask you, Mark, um, if there's still provisions that if Morales fires this guy, he could still wind up back on the force. If the courts will not do anything about police reform, if Congress will not do anything about police reform, what's the recourse from people who are on the receiving end of this level of abuse? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh- I would say let the process play out. I don't have the ability to predict that. Now, if passed his prologue, he's probably going to get his job back. However, ultimately, a firing of a police officer under the union's collective bargaining agreement goes to an arbitrator, a, a quasi-judge, who rules kind of yay or nay. One of the concerns that a lot of the former chiefs and perhaps the current chief, I haven't talked to him about this, have is that the arbitrator is picked in part in concert with the union. Seems extreme, right? Let's put up a picture of Javier Ortiz. Let's put up his picture. This is your captain, captain, talking this foolishness after being outed as a racist, okay? Let me give you some background. Sergeant Edwin Gomez, a 23-year veteran on the force, testified that this captain routinely committed outrageous acts and despicable discrimination against who? Black citizens, women, and other minority groups. In addition, the lawsuit claimed soon after Gomez's testimony, Artis would often refer to him as a coward in front of other colleagues. Gomez stated that eventually his department turned his back on him as well, calling the organization's actions 
and that of the city of Miami illegal retaliation. The officer's other allegations included being denied overtime hours and passed over for promotions. He said he was suspended for reasons unbeknownst to him, among other charges. Over the years, Ortiz, who has been in law enforcement for nearly two decades, has become seemingly synonymous with dodging disciplinary actions for his reported frequent display of abuse and bias against minorities, particularly African Americans. This has been going on for many years, put up his picture again. There he is, you know why he's here? You know why he's a cop? Because the culture allows him to be. George Floyd Police and Accountability Act would have caught this year one. You would be able to go to a website and say, I be damned. There is no way we're gonna stand for this in our community. But there he is, the police union, they have an agreement with the government. That agreement does not benefit you as a taxpayer. I'm talking to the people of Miami. This guy does not benefit you. He cost you money, he cost you morale, he cost your reputation, and he's not locking up the bad guys. He is one. Attorney, extreme, but still, they don't think this guy is going to actually remain fired. He's under suspension right now. What are your thoughts? Very disturbing. I mean, he's definitely a Karen. If he wasn't a police officer, we would think he was funny. Yeah. But he has the badge. The number of use of force incidents against him is scary based on all the other stories we cover with deadly use of force. And yeah, hopefully Miami kind of sees this and takes the opportunity to reform the culture in their system. You know, I'm from Los Angeles and it's finally took the Rampart scandal for there to be a real awakening in the city. And they brought in outside experts. They brought in really serious thinkers about how to change their policing, which benefited it quite a bit. Sometimes it takes the city to really want that. If they want it, they can change the culture. It just depends. Yep. How much they want to do it. That's right. Very well said. Now, let me take you to Kansas City. Very sad story. Kansas City landlord came over to fix the heating. This was his day off. He was upset about having to fix the heating. This happened last Friday. Daryl Gilland and his girlfriend had simply requested their landlord, Gordon Macbeth to come over and fix the heating. Instead, Gordon, let's put up his picture. Gordon decided to kill Daryl. Do you hear me? According to the girlfriend, Macbeth was perfectly nice about the maintenance request until he showed up out of nowhere, flipped and acted like the couple was asking too much. Now remember, by law, the landlord has to fix this. This is required, he's upset. Uh, Macbeth, the killer, has been charged with second degree murder and is being held on a $1 million bond. Uh, this is the man he killed, this is Daryl. Daryl and his girlfriend, they were just at home in the heat and they called the landlord to fix the heat. That's all, that's it. Now, Daryl is dead, his girlfriend's life Flipped upside down. Daryl's parents and family, they're grieving. Their friends, the friends grieving. Okay. Um, there's a GoFundMe that was set up, all right, uh, to cover the cost to relocate um, Gillen's body to be buried with his grandparents. 
you can find that is easier to find. Here's here's the background. It began when Gordon Macbeth, 44, came over to the rental unit and the couple asked if they could use a space heater, and that's when he completely flipped. Said the victim's girlfriend, Samantha Pullman. He was evidently angry that he had to work when he was on his off day. Court documents say that Macbeth stabbed Gillen more than 30 times. After his girlfriend sent a message about the heat, the couple had been together for five years and moved into the home together. Macbeth pulled out a long knife. This is just so extreme and started stabbing this man. Neighbors recalled horrific screaming from the couple's home. One neighbor rushed to the home seeing the attacker on top of Gillen continuing to stab him. Another neighbor pulled out a gun, holding him until the police arrived. Wow, everything changed in moments. Attorney, have you seen something this egregious before? It's a horrific crime and my condolences go to the girlfriend, really awful. Unfortunately, I feel like we do, we are start, I don't know if there's mental illness involved here, but it almost seems like it. And we are seeing a lot more of that in this country. And I hope we start to take mental illness more seriously. And we're also start seeing, you know, how vulnerable tenants are and how hard, you know, people live in these conditions. Even though they shouldn't, you know, there should be heat, as you said, and often they don't have plumbing fixed and, and that kind of thing. And that's kind of come out a little bit more during this pandemic as well. And hopefully we focus our attention there too. When you make people believe in you, I'm shifting gears. When you make people believe in you and believe in your rhetoric about um, that democracy is being stolen, uh, that you need a gun in order to protect yourself from some politician or policy. This is what happens, here's the video. You're brave for what you say and the fact that you stand up there and say it and I appreciate it. I think we all appreciate it actually because there's not a lot of people that have the balls to do it. But I wanna ask you something a little bit out of the ordinary. So prepare yourself. <laughs> At this point, we're living under corporate and medical fascism. This is tyranny. When do we get to use the guns? No, and I'm, not, I'm, not, and I'm not, that's not a joke. I'm not saying it like that. I mean, literally, where's the line? How many elections are they going to steal before we kill these people? So, no, I, 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 no, hold on. I, I'm, no, stop. No, 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 Charlie. Why are you stopping him? You radicalized him, Charlie. You and your cronies, your crew, your people, your movement, they are radicalized by your indoctrination. Don't act as if now you get to moralize on your followers. They are simply returning to you what you have fed them. Charlie, if this is not an awakening for you and your soul, young man, if this is not a moment where you realize what in the hell have I done? More things are going to come, unfortunately. And you being at a talking points USA rally, saying no, 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 stop, don't say that, won't change it. Because if you continue to feed the machine, 
that creates and radicalizes these individuals to say that they want to kill other Americans. You are part of the problem, brother. You're not part of the solution whatsoever. Charlie Kurt tried to quickly denounce it, convince the man that he was playing into provocation on the left. No, brother, he's playing into provocation on the right. Attorney, closing thoughts. Yes, please don't let it be too little too late. The rest of us know what your rhetoric is doing. We need to do a lot more than denounce them in that moment. Yep, well said. So good to have you, sister, all the time on Indisputable. How can people follow you, check you out? Thanks for having me, so enjoyed it. I'm on AskDinaDoll1 on Twitter. All right, there you go. I do not want people people to forget, Twitch away your room, that's next. That's a Twitch exclusive. If you're not on Twitch, you gotta jump on it. That's how you gotta do it. Twitch.com, I'm sorry, twitch.tv forward slash TYT. Twitch.tv forward slash TYT. And a big announcement right here, TYT Network, okay? This is a big deal because it involves you. TYT is looking for new video content creators for Rebel HQ. We're looking for people to write, produce, host, Edit short form editorial videos on breaking news, political stories with a progressive point of view. If you're interested, go to tyt.com forward slash careers. And if you if you are not familiar with Rebel HQ, go to the channel first. So you get an idea of what we do, okay? tyt.com forward slash careers. Make sure you take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of this planet. Remember the truth as always. Indisputable.